0: Thank you very much, Anita, for ministering in music. One of the downsides of being at a church for a long period of time is when it comes holidays, you think, well, you should preach something on Christmas. And you think, well, did I preach this last year? And if I did, do they remember it? If I preached it five years ago, do they remember it? And having been here 41 years... I got my Christmas sermons out, and I thought, well, I can't preach in that passage, and I can't preach in this passage. So we want to look at a passage from Luke this morning, and as we do, make application to Christ and his birth. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for our Messiah, our Savior, our Redeemer. grateful that we consider a passage from Luke chapter 7 and how Christ responded. This morning, we don't want to merely hear your word. We want to live it out. We want it to be part of our life as we live in deep sensitivity to you. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'm not looking for a response to some questions that I may raise at this point in time. But whose birth do we celebrate today, tomorrow? Whose birth do we celebrate tomorrow? To a large extent, what determines how we, how you, celebrate Christmas? Early in each of the four Gospels of Christ, the identity of Jesus... And his purpose in coming among humanity is given. Joseph was planning to quietly divorce Mary. But Matthew 1, 20 through 23 states, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mark begins his gospel with, in the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The angel said to Mary at the birth of Jesus, as it is announced to her in Luke 1, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will be with him, or will give him rather the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. In her song in Luke one forty six and 47, Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. As John sees, or John begins his gospel rather by stating, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. As John sees Jesus, he says, look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus as he came to this earth, was from the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God with us, son of God, son of the Most High. He was with God, he was God. His purpose in coming to this earth was to save people from their sins and to reign over the house of Jacob forever with his kingdom never ending. A question that may seem unrelated, but very related. How much do you, how much do we love the one whose birth we celebrate? How much do you, how much do we love the one whose birth we celebrate? Let's read Luke chapter 7, 36 through 50 together. Luke chapter 7. 36 through 50. Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed certain money, owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him. So he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. For she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This passage appears in the context of Theopolis, knowing the certainty of the things that have been taught concerning Christ, as mentioned in chapter 1 and verse 4. And in the passage before and after the account we read, Luke emphasizes Jesus relating to people with love and concern. And his desire to be known as the one who is Emmanuel, son of God, son of the Most High, who was with God and who was God. Now, As we think about this passage, there's... A couple of things I think are vital in understanding the passage. Jesus relates to all kinds of people, tax collectors, Pharisees, centurion, widows, sinners, the sick, the demon-possessed, and so on. In verse 33 of chapter 7, Jesus says, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you said, He has a demon. The Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and you say, Here's a glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by all her children. So Jesus related to all kinds of people. Sin is important in this passage. In verse 37, when a woman who had lived a sinful life in the town, and then in verse 39, you know, the Pharisee is thinking, If Jesus was a prophet, he would know that she is a sinner. And in verse 47, we find that Jesus says, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. And then in 49, the question, who is this that even forgives sins? Very, very significant in understanding this passage is sin, sins. Forgiveness by God is very significant. Significant. Because in verse 47, Jesus says to the woman, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. That raises a question. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And the guests begin to say, who is this who even forgives sins? They knew that God was the only one who could forgive sins. And Jesus, is, in essence, is saying, I'm God. The identity of Jesus is also interesting, ties in with what I just said. The other guests in verse 49 began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Now let's ref- reflect briefly on the passage. We have a meal taking place at a Pharisee's house. And when the meal took place, tables were not as we have them today. They would have been low to the ground. And Jesus would have actually got down like this and probably leaned on his left elbow with his feet behind him. And then they would eat with their right hand. And whoever was at the table, around the table with Jesus, same pattern, would have been followed. A meal was being served. The meal is taking place in a Pharisee's house. Now, the fact that the man was a Pharisee put him in a certain class, a certain atmosphere, a certain ethical and theological position. The Pharisees would have come into existence between Malachi and the time of Christ. Their primary purpose was to keep people from mixing themselves with idolatrous people. They were concerned. They were religious. But they tended to be satisfied with the externals, with rituals, and with creed. They were complacent in that they were self-satisfied. And I tend to think that the setting in which Jesus comes to the Pharisee's house was one of some hostility. Jesus interacts with the Pharisees 28 times in Luke. And all of the times are a hostile environment. And part of the reason I tend to think that the Pharisee invited him, but there was some maybe hostility was that he didn't even give him the common courtesy courtesy of hospitality. He didn't wash his feet. Didn't kiss him. And put any oil on his head, which would have been coming. But yet, Jesus interacted. So we have him at a Pharisee's house. And while there, we have a sinful woman comes into the picture. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume and so on. And notice what she does. She brings an alabaster jar of perfume She wets his feet with her tears. She dries his feet with her hair. She kisses his feet and she pours perfume on them. The text seems to communicate that Jesus had met this woman before. She came prepared, she came with perfume. And the text, I think also, as you look at some of the tenses, seems to indicate that she had had an encounter with Jesus before and would have come to what we might call faith in Christ. And she's responding to that in her worship of Christ in this context. So we have a Pharisee who is very religious, will keep the rules. And we have a woman who is almost the opposite end of life, who is sinful and known to be sinful and possibly a prostitute. But she loved. She did something else. She dried Jesus' feet with her hair. Jewish women did not untie their hair in a public setting a Pharisee a sinful woman in the same house we find that Jesus responds to Simon in verse 39 when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this saw what this woman is doing he said to himself he's thinking you know if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. The idea of sin, sinner comes up again. And the Pharisees thinking, huh, this Jesus, if he's really a prophet, he would know. When we find in 40, 41 and 42, that it is communicated Jesus was a prophet because he knew the woman in her life, but he also knew what Simon was thinking. See, Simon didn't say, Jesus, here's what I'm thinking. Rather, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, what kind of woman she is, that she is sinful. Jesus knew his thoughts. But he also knew about the woman. I think again ties in with that. He probably had an encounter with her before. So, how does Jesus respond? Jesus answered him Simon, I have something to tell you. I love the way the text reads there. Jesus answered him, like Simon's speaking and Jesus is responding. No, Jesus knew what Simon was thinking and he responds. And Simon says, tell me, teacher. And we have the account of two men. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other owed him 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. And Jesus says to Simon, now which of them will love him more? Now, denarii was probably about equal to a day's wages. So one guy owes a money lender 500 days of pay. The other one owes 50 days of pay. And I took a figure of $15 an hour. Some people make far beyond that. Some might make less. But at $15 an hour, at an eight-hour day, the guy who had 50 or 500 denarii would have owed $60,000. The one who owed 50 would have owed $6,000. But in either case, the money lender cancels the debt. So a fair question, which do you think loved him most? You see Jesus using questions and responding in this passage. And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Think about that in our lives today. That if you're younger, you just bought a house. And you're talking to someone that's a little older and they've been paying their mortgage for many years and they still owe one year in their mortgage. And you still happen to have the loan from the same bank. And the president of the bank, I'm being far-fetched here, I understand. The president of the bank happens to be a gracious, generous man. And he calls you in as a younger person or younger couple and says, I understand that you still owe $250,000 in your mortgage. I've just taken $250,000 from my account and have paid off your mortgage. There's a paper stating that that was done. He calls in the older couple and says, I see that you still owe $4,000 in your account, on your mortgage. I feel generous today. I'm going to pay that off. And here's a paper stating that it is paid off. Now, who do you think would jump up and down for joy more? The answer is pretty obvious. The person had 250000 forgiven. That's where Jesus is coming from. And Jesus says to Simon, you have judged correctly. So what does Jesus do in 44 through 47? He rebukes Simon. And I am of of the opinion as you read the text that the woman was the 500 denarii. Simon is the 50 denarii. Simon had compared himself to the woman and had called her sinful. There's a sinful woman. Look at me. So Jesus says, Do you see this woman? The obvious answer is yes. I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. Now, the washing of feet was left to a slave or a servant. And keep in mind, as they traveled, they would travel roads, animals would go on roads, and feet could be dirty and stinky and messy. And he says to Simon, you didn't give me any water from my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Now, think about that. Assuming Jesus' feet are dirty from walking, She wet his feet with her tears and then wiped him with her hair. Messy. Simon, you didn't give me any water. You did not give me a kiss. It was customary you come into a home, you would get a kiss in the cheek. You didn't give me a kiss. You didn't give me a kiss in my face. But from the time I entered, she has not stopped kissing my feet. Stop and think about it. Feet just seem to be kind of lowly. And the feet were just washed with tears. And they dry with her hair. She's kissing them. And Simon wouldn't even kiss Jesus' face. You did not put oil on my head but she has poured perfume on my feet. There's a marked contrast between these two individuals. Therefore, I tell you in verse 47, her many sins have been forgiven, for she has loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. The woman knew she was sinful. Assuming she had an encounter with Jesus earlier and realized who he was, she returns to worship because she knew she was forgiven. But he, Simon, who has been forgiven little, loves little. Simon, this woman's a 500 denarii. She's been forgiven 500. You think you're a 50. That's why you love little. You weren't even hospitable to me. In verses 48 through 50, the identity of Jesus comes through. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. I'm not going to take time to discuss some Greek tenses and so on, but the idea is that they had already been forgiven. She was responding to forgiveness in her worship. If sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? How can Jesus forgive sins? If we were to turn to Mark 2, 1 through 12, we find there that Jesus is teaching in a house, and they bring a paralyzed man, and they tear, off, tear the roof open, and they let the guy down. And the issue comes up, can he, Jesus heal this man? And he says, I forgive your sins to the man. And then he heals him. What's he saying? I can forgive sin because I'm God. Jesus is saying who he is. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Please notice, therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she has loved much, but he has been forgiven little, loves little. The purpose of Jesus coming as Emmanuel, son of God, son of the Most High, as God involved sin. What is sin? Sin is mentioned four times in this passage. Verse 37, verse 39, verse 47, verse 49. Each time the Greek word hamartia is used. It means to miss the mark, to fall short. If all of us went together down to the Susquehanna River, and we're going to see who can jump across the Susquehanna River, some of us might make it a tidbit further, but none of us would make it we all fall short. If we were to go and find a target and we were to take the bow and begin to shoot, probably most of us would miss the target totally. Some might do pretty well because they practiced. But the idea is missing the mark, missing the target, missing contentment and obedience to God. And that is the core, at the core of this passage. It's at the core of our lives. The woman was sinful. Simon was sinful. You and I are sinful. There is no relationship with God. No relationship, fellowship with God influences the thinking, the beliefs, the attitude of life, the words and the actions. Obviously influenced the way The woman behaved, influenced the way Simon responded. They were both sinful. They both missed the mark. The woman grasped her sin and loved much. Christmas is about God. It's about sin. It's about Jesus. God in his holiness, his justice, his righteousness, his wrath, his love, his grace, and we could add some others. Dealing with sin, missing the mark, falling short. We humans missing the mark of a relationship with God and fellowship with God. It's about Jesus who became the substitute. The payment for sin. A question: How much do you love God? How much have you been forgiven? As you look at the life of Paul, Paul early in his ministry talked about the fact that he was a sinner, and you get to the end of his ministry, and as he writes, he says, "I'm the chief of sinners." It seems like Paul grew in understanding the depth of his sin. And the more he grasped the depth of his sin outside of Christ, the more he loved God. In Luke chapter 15, the account is given of a father who had two sons. And we know the account as being the account of the prodigal son. I'm not sure there's one prodigal son. There might be two prodigal sons, or we might have two sons and a prodigal father. But either way, we know that the younger son said to his father, give me my share of the inheritance. And he went off and wasted his inheritance in living that was not godly. And as he is feeding the pigs, a Jewish lad feeding pigs, they just don't mix. He came to his senses and said, even my father's servants have it better than I. I will go home and tell my father I'm willing to be a servant. And as he is coming home a long way off, his father sees him. And his father runs to him and meets him. Meet him. And it was not customary for a father to run. That was not considered dignified. But he ran to meet his son. And he had the fatted calf killed. And there's going to be a party because his son is now home. And the older brother comes in from the field and hears the merrymaking and so on and says, what's going on? And his father comes out and pleads with him, but the older son would not come in. The older son being a Simon. The younger son, a sinful woman. How much do you love God? How much have you been forgiven? I can't answer that for you. But do you love God? Have you come to faith in him? Have you come to experience a relationship with him because of forgiveness that comes through Christ? Love is a response The sinful woman's response is to what she experienced with Christ. Have you experienced forgiveness? Does your love reflect that? Christmas is not merely a little baby. Christmas is responding to that baby who died and rose from the dead to die no more. And the relationship that he offers, the forgiveness that he offers. If you haven't experienced that forgiveness, why not come to faith in Christ today? Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, <clears throat> we thank you that in Christ, We can have forgiveness. May we not compare ourselves with others as Simon would have compared himself with a sinful woman or as the older brother would have compared himself with his younger brother, often called the prodigal son. But may we see ourselves in light of your holiness. And then the grace, the love that you displayed in Christ. As we reflect on Christmas, we celebrate Christ's birth tomorrow, the Savior of the world. May we be willing to see ourselves as sinful when we're outside of Christ. and then respond in love if we come to faith in Christ or if we've been walking with you for a long time. I know my own life, Father, seems like the longer I live, the more I love you because I realize how far far I fall short of your holiness, but yet I'm accepted in Christ. And may we as a body of believers love you deeply and grow in a love for you because we understand sin and why Christ came. Thank you, Father, for your gift in Christ. Thank you for the time to worship this morning. And thank you for the time to reflect on the greatness of your forgiveness in Christ. For it's in His name I pray. Amen.